Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Talking Two Tone. I'm Tyler Whipple, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Titan enthusiast Asher Roddy. Um, you know, we've been gone for three weeks and whatnot, so we we've, we're one and one in that stretch. We just kind of want to get back and talk to you guys about what we've seen and how we're, we're feeling about the team at the moment. Um, we know there's some glaring issues on the team, but we want to start in with the positives uh, because we've got a lot to talk about. And there's going to be this is going to be a little bit of a downer podcast i believe <laughs> because we we got some hot takes to put out here uh anyway we're gonna get right into it with the positives we, i've got a few things we want to note but first off let's just address the elephant in the room asher we just let the audience hear about your thoughts on will levis so far um i'll be the first one to admit i think i thought when we drafted him it was a bad pick it was a, it was going to be a bust um because I thought if you drafted him, if you weren't confident enough to draft him at 11 or go up and get him, then I, I, it was my impression that you really didn't believe in him as to, to be your guy. But I saw somewhere on Titans Twitter where Rand Carthon was trying to trade back into the first round to go and get the Mayo Mamba, Will Levis. Um, but with that being said, um, I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with Will Levis. I believe he is the guy. Um, you know, I, I love how he handled himself last night against the Steelers. I love how he played the moxie he brought to a you know anemic offense against the Falcons was incredible as well. I mean, four touchdowns, no turnovers, playing with a horrible offensive line, and uh, he a hat trick for D hop, but the most impressive things to me were the throws he was able to make from a seemingly off balance platform. Mm -hmm. Um, especially the one, the first one that stands out was the absolute dime to trail on Burks on the sideline that he dropped. Um, I don't care if, you know, if you're drafted in the first round as a wide receiver to be a wide receiver one, you've got to come down with that football. Um, that was a perfect throw. He didn't fight for it, didn't fight through the catch, and ultimately it fell incomplete. But then the icing on the cake to seal the game was the fadeaway freaking balloon throw. I mean, Larry Bird mm. moonshot touchdown to Nick Westbrook-Akina in the back of the end zone. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, you, you don't see that kind of stuff. I mean, it was like a Dirt Nowinski fadeaway three-pointer, but the NFL equivalent of it. It was incredible. Um, I love Will Levis. I'm big on the I'm big on the Mayo Mamba train. I think that uh, he could be the franchise quarterback. I want to see him play the rest of the year. I don't think there's any scenario where Tannehill should probably play again unless Levis gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I agree with everything you said. You touched on the Falcons game and how well he performed in that game. I mean, you, you can't really say enough about the Falcons game how well he played, but. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on the, the Steelers game. He was, I mean, he was, like you said, off a lot of off-platform throws he was making. Um, that one throw to the sideline, Nick Westbrook-Kena in that game where he was pretty much being sacked and he threw about 20 yards over that corner's head in, in that zone, um, that was a beautiful throw. He made a few good throws in that game too as well, even though he was the, – the screen throw past the Derrick Henry with uh, Highsmith come off the edge and killed him, he still somehow – Got it out there to Derrick Henry. If you don't talk about where Derrick Henry bobbled it, and he took it about 30 yards. Um, so impressive. Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis is not making that play. Uh, he he is a playmaker, and that's something the Titans have really lacked. 
in their franchise's history at, at the quarterback position since McNair. Now, you can say Vince Young and you can say Marcus Mariota, but I don't think those guys are ever – had the ceiling that Will Levis is going to have as far as what he can bring to the game and how athletic and strong and big he is. Um, uh-huh. Mariota was always kind of a thin guy, and, and Vince Young never was very accurate. So I think Will Levis is really the whole – he's the whole package if he can put it all together. I just think he is. Me and Asher had Josh Allen comps on the guy when he came out and we drafted him. We said that could be his ceiling. And watching him play – I think that could be a ceiling. You know, I think he could be a top five quarterback in the NFL if he's developed like I think we can develop him. However, he still has some questionable decision-making at time when he gets a little rattled. And that's, that's what concerned me when he was coming out of Kentucky because I've watched him play a lot at Kentucky. And when things started going downhill, he kind of panicked and he started just trying to, you know, that playmaker mold that he does – he, he kept trying to make things happen when it wasn't there, like he did a few times in that last drive last night. However, he is a young guy, and that's going to be coached out of him. I really do. That's that's the kind of stuff that you can coach out of a guy, especially with age. So I'm really excited about Will Levis. I wasn't at first in it like Asher. Like, I'm, y'all guys know I'm a Tennessee fan in college. So I wasn't impressed with him in, in Kentucky, and I, I was down on the pick like a lot of us were. However, he has proven me wrong, and I never said I wasn't going to ride with a guy. Like, I will always root for whoever's in the two-tone blue, regardless of where they come from. Derrick Henry's an Alabama alum, and Derrick Henry's probably my favorite player in Titans history at this point. So, I'm always going to ride with the guys two-tone blue, and I'm really impressed with him. So, I hope he just keeps on, you know, steadily moving in the right direction. And uh, I think I think we may have got our guy. I really do. Um, moving on. We just want to touch base on some more of the positives that we've got so far in this year. Um, Asher and me kind of discussed this last night. Asher uh, is really, really in on this guy. I mean, I think a lot of us are. I mean, it is, his play speaks for itself more than like, and his whole career does. But D-Hop, man, he has already cemented himself as the best wide receiver um, signing in Titans history. In Tennessee Titans history, no wide receiver has come in as a free agent and perform the way he has. I mean, I think – I'm knocking on wood right now, guys. You can't see my desk, but I'm knocking on wood. I think he's kind of broken that curse of this is where veterans go to die because D-Hop's playing some – I mean, he's playing just as good as football as he has in his past in his career. So, I'm really happy with the sign of D-Hop. Ashley, what's your thoughts? I, I I mean, I've been saying it all along. I mean, I, D-Hop is that guy – I mean, I, I said it after the Saints game um, when they the heavy target load to him and he was cooking Marshawn Lattimore still. Um, D-Hop, you know, he's not one of those guys. He and A.J. Brown are two totally different wide receivers, all right? Mm-hmm. Even at a young age, D-Hop, when he was paired with Andre Johnson, they were two totally different wide receivers. A.J. Brown is a physical, big, tough, strong receiver who's going to come down with most 50-50 balls based off of, based off of you know, physicality. Whereas D-Hop is twice the route runner and crafty. D-Hop is truly a master of the wide receiver craft. Mm-hmm. He gets open. He knows how to create leverage. He knows how to use the DB's leverage against them. He knows how to draw penalties. He knows how to – I mean – he comes down with almost every 50-50 ball that you throw within a five-yard radius of him. 
Uh, the guy is a freak athlete. Uh, I do agree. I think he is the best player that Tennessee has ever signed in free agency at the wide receiver position. The production speaks for itself. I think if you took away the name Randy Moss, I would say that DeAndre Hopkins is probably the most successful wide receiver to ever come to the Tennessee Titans or play for the Tennessee Titans. Most accomplished, for sure. Yeah, he's talking, um, he's talking career in general, guys, not what Randy Moss did with the Titans, obviously. No, exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. Randy Moss has the best resume of any player to ever wear a Titans uniform, in my right. opinion. Right, he does. You're right about that. Yeah, and I think D-Hop is, is second in, that, in the wide receiver group just because of that. But D-Hop, man, can't, can't say enough good things about him. He's on pace for over 1,200 yards this year. Um, he's explosive, as explosive as ever. Great signing. Uh, great. He's exactly what you need for a young rookie quarterback. Great, great thoughts on that. Um, I agree with everything. I like how you call him the master of his craft. Um, moving forward, some more positives with the team. Uh, guys, there's, the reason we're doing this is so, we, you know, we don't want you to be completely down because I feel like this team has a good future with the guys we're talking about. And kind of transitioning into that future – this guy's on his last year of his deal, as everybody knows, and he's been on the trade de- trading block and the rumors, blah, blah, blah. However, um, I'm just looking at Derrick Henry's stats here. He's still averaging 4.4 yards a clip. He's got 601 yards on 137 carries this year, which is through eight games, he is on pace for about 275 carries this year, which would be a career low since – 2018 when he was splitting time with DeMarco Murray. Um, however, I think Derrick Henry has played really well this year considering what he's been running behind because our offensive line is absolutely terrible and on the outsides of right and left tackle. Um, but, you know, and there's some personnel issues going on sometimes. But um, I think Derrick Henry is still that guy. I mean, I don't think Derrick Henry's really fell off a cliff. He's really – he's still got that burst. He's still really physical runner. And I hope and pray that the Titans go ahead and re-sign him next year. Hopefully he takes a team-friendly deal. However, you don't really have to sign him to a team-friendly deal because we're not going to be paying Ryan Tannehill anything next year. And they can build around Will Levis. We'll talk about that later on. But the Titans can re-sign Derrick Henry next year and a two- to three-year deal, and they can still get some serious production because the guy is still averaging 4.4 yards a carry in his eighth year, and I think he's got probably 11, 12 years shelf life in the NFL. I do. I think he's going to be running hard and good for the next three or four years because he's just a hard worker. Thoughts on that? I agree. I don't want to see Derrick Henry in another uniform. Um, He is the last player jersey that I have of an active Titan. Um, And I don't want to see Derrick – the this stuff, this narrative has to stop that he's falling off a cliff or he's not as productive – because he's old. He's not as productive because Tim Kelly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, we'll get into that. And it's it's unbelievable. Look at it. It speaks for itself. You have Derrick – if you give the ball to Derrick Henry 20 times a game, it makes Will Levis's job a lot easier because the team's 3-0 and when he has 20 carries or more. It's a simple formula. It's so easy to figure it out. You and I can – if you and I can figure this out, I don't know why the Titans can't figure this out. Tajay Spears is a, only good because he's a compliment to Derrick Henry. He should never, never have more carries than Derrick Henry in a game. 
he should never have more snaps than Derrick Henry in a game. And I don't know why the constant taking Derrick out of the game on third down is a thing. It just makes it even more known that we're not, there's no threat of us running the ball. On third and four, now you get me fired up now. You're getting me real fired up. Now. <laughs> We're going to get fired up, but that's just a positive we want to talk about. Derrick Henry's playing yeah. well this year. He's the best and player to ever play for the Titans, I think. Derrick Henry. I think you're right on that. Um, I, I probably, I probably could agree with that, especially if he finished his career with us. I mean, he's been there eight. This is he's in his eighth year. However, let's uh, move forward. Um, we want to talk a little bit about Rand Carthon and what he's done so far. Uh, I'd have to say Rand Carthon has checked all the boxes. I mean, he's cleared off a lot of cap that needed to be cleared. Uh, we got a lot of draft picks coming up into the draft, and it seems like his first picks has really panned out so far. I know we got into Tajay Spears a second ago. Tajay Spears in a third-round pick was a great pick. Uh, Will Levis obviously looks good in the second round. We'll, we've talked about that. Pete Skaronsky, probably already our best lineman. Um, so that's another great pick. Hey, the Jalen Duncan came in the game for a couple of plays last night. He's good depth, obviously. As a six-round pick and you're getting snaps out of the guy in his rookie year, that's a good pick. Uh, Josh Wiley, he's played a lot of snaps for us this year. It's uh, a good pick. Uh, Rand Carthon, he brought in DeAndre Hopkins. He brought in Aziz Alshair. He Nick brought Folk. in Nick Folk. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, all these guys are making a good big impact on the team this year, and it's just his first season. So let's go ahead and give Rand Carthon his flowers for now, see what he does in the next offseason. Um, I think he's building this team in the right direction because I think J-Rob had absolutely demolished this roster at the point where Rand Carthon came in. He has completely flipped it around. No, I wouldn't say completely flipped around, but he has turned this team in the right tra- trajectory. If we get better on – some key spots. I think Ray Carthon has done. If I had to rank, grade Ray Carthon at the moment, I would give him an A, just based off what he's done with what he can accomplish. I agree. I'd give him an A right now as well. I mean, if you he's checked all the boxes for the trajectory of this team to go in a positive direction, um, I think that the Skaronsky pick, great pick. You and I both had him on our mock boards are is a, the guy we wanted mm-hmm. at eleven. We knew that as soon as. As soon as he fell to us, he was our guy in 11. Um, and then, you know, if we also had to trade up, I'm, I'm really glad he didn't trade up and get another quarterback because it ultimately worked out. Hindsight's 2020. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just look at this first draft class. To this point, we're getting production out of all of the players, right? To this point, we're getting production, uh, except for Colton Dowell, but he's a seventh rounder. What do you expect? Um, we're getting, we're getting, Production out of all of the players. We get production out of Skaronsky is our best offensive lineman. Will Levis in the future. Uh, Tajay Spears is a great complimentary back to Derek. He's good in the return game. He's a flashy, intuitive player. He's got a lot of burst. Um, Josh Wiley's great. He's a big, physical red zone body. You saw Levis target him last night in the last throw of the game. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Yeah. Um, and then you got Jalen Duncan. He's played really – the staff loves him. They've been coaching him up relentlessly. He played it. He came in when his his, his when the he, the bell was rung and they asked him to come and answer and he answered it. Um, and then you got Colton Dowell, but you know seventh rounders very rarely, unless you're Brock Purdy, pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. I give him an A. I give him an A. I, I don't give plus or minus, but I'm gonna give him an A plus so far. 
I th- yeah, I can agree. Let's, but that's that's we want to talk about that before we got into this, guys. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at on uh, the positive for this team. I mean, there is some hope and positive t- positivity to spin. However, we're going to get right into the negatives here, and I know Asher has been on this for the last twenty four hours or so now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to go ahead and give my spill first because Asher's going to he's really going to get after this. This is he is passionate about this thought. I don't oh, think – I'm not I'm not as down on Tim Kelly as Asher is. I think Tim Kelly is a definite upgrade from Todd Downing. I think his personnel is better than Todd Downing. I think he's coaching, if I can say it this way, to give it as positive as I can. I think his coaching has been based off the deficiencies at all in the offensive line. And I think that's a lot of the reason we're not lining up in 11 personnel, two tight ends, because we don't have good top blocking tight ends at the moment. Um, that's part of the reason, you know, we – we got Josh Wiley and Chigga Quanquo. They're receiving tight ends, but not really blocking tight ends. We don't really line up with eight people out there bunched in the in a formation to hand it to Derek a lot anymore. And that's why they go into Wildcat. I think that's the reason he does that. You see um, Tajay Spears more because he wants to spread it out because he don't trust the offensive line. I think. I don't know that for sure. However, I agree with you 100%. There's no way that Tajay Spears should be getting about 30% of the snaps. Derek Henry should be getting 70 at a minimum, I'd say. And then they should probably be getting some snaps together. And Todd Downing, or not Todd Downing, but Tim Kelly has, you know, kind of messed that up. Like you said, Derek Henry should still be getting 20 carries a game, even if there are one, two-yard carries at a time. That We've seen this for eight years. Those one and two-yard carries start turning to eight and nine at the end of the game. He just wears down defensive linemen and linebackers. They get tired of tackling this big horse. So that's the thing about Tim Kelly. You know, he's – I think he's trying to be too smart at times, and they were way, way too conservative on third and fourth down with Will Levis last night. Like, just let the guy – let it rip, man. You know, a third and five with on the last drive of the possibly of the game, in the 50-yard line, we're running the football. Like, what are you – I understand you're saying, okay, we're going to we're gonna go for it on fourth regardless here if we don't get it. and we're, That's why we're running it. Okay, I get that. Whatever. <laughs> But still, give Will Levis a little a chance to maybe make a play on third down because he, we end up taking a deep shot to Traylon Burks where he got hurt on fourth down anyway. So I don't understand uh, sometimes what he does, but I'm not as down on him as Asher is because I still think it's an upgrade from Todd down in Asher. The floor is yours, buddy. Oh, uh, I got to tell you, the, the stock is so low on Tim Kelly right now for, for the Asherati freaking – the Asherati train. Uh, the train is, is off the rails for me. The abysmal, abysmal play calling at times is what is going to handicap this offense with Will Levis. They, the refusal to just do simple things correctly. Like, let's go, for instance, first down and 10, you know, in that two-minute drill at the end of the first half. First down and 10, you let Will Evers throw it. Second down and 10, you let Will Evers throw it. Third down and 10, you run a draw with Tajay Spears. Why? Why? You have 20-something seconds left. Even if you get sacked, you're still in field goal range. You're on the 19-yard line. So, if if, why run the ball on third down and 10? Let him try to throw throw something. Let him try to build that confidence. And also, the personnel is what kills me. The personnel – married to the play calling is is there I genuinely thought last year that the offense could not get any worse and 
that that is true. It's still true. It can't get any worse than it did last year. So I was thinking there's got to be anything is going to be a significant improvement. <laughs> it's the same exact offense, just with younger players. It's the same exact thing. The offensive line was terrible last year. It's terrible this year. There's no excuse. The play calling is too cute at times. Like, let's go back to that second-to-last possession for the Titans. Will Levis is – they have fantastic field position on the 48-yard line around there. They start with first and 10. So the first thing they do is they run a, a fucking reverse with Traylon Burks, who <laughs> if that at all – for all intents and purposes, was injured after that two-yard catch he had, that he was hobbling around. Why? If you're going to do it, do it with, like, D-Hop or somebody that can actually do something. So the personnel decision there is very strange. And then the second down and ten play was even worse, or second down and five play was even worse. And then the third down and five, if you've already predetermined that you're going to go for it on fourth down, why would you not put Derrick Henry in the game and let him run the draw? He's going to fall forward for two yards. I mean, yeah. even if you run the ball up the middle into the heart of the defense, the guy is six foot four, two fifty. He's going to fall forward for two yards, and then it makes it third down and three. Which there's a you know a lot of people say, oh, it's two yards. There's a big difference between a third down or fourth down and five and a fourth down and three. There's a big difference because then if you because you think about this, the DBs get five yards from the line of scrimmage. So if they have their hands on you at fourth and five, you know, they're, they're really not going to call anything. But if they try to press D-hop on fourth down and three or press Traylon Burks like they did on that sideline pass, the chances of them throwing the flag, which they love to do last night, are significantly higher. It's just overall at times it is way too cute and stupid at the same time. Like I, I could have lived with the half that draw if you ran it with Derrick. I could have lived with the half in both halves. I could have lived with that because Derek has the opportunity at even any given time to fall forward for two yards. Tajay Spears can only make the miss. He's not running through anybody. The play calling is terrible. And if you marry Tim Kelly to Will Levis, you will run the risk of him being mediocre for the entirety of his career. Tim Kelly is what Mike Malarkey was and Terry Robisky was to Marcus Mariota at this point in my eyes. He is a, he is a horrible, horrible – he's a cancer to this football team. Ooh. Oh, man. He said he said Terry Robisky. He dropped Terry Robisky on you, Dr. Tim Kelly. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to go that far yet. I mean, we're only, we're only eight games in. I don't think he's – Terry Robisky was uh, – Terry Robisky was bad. Todd Dadham was really bad, but I don't think I think he just I think he's just one echelon above him. I don't I'm not saying this guy's great, but I don't I don't think he's awful. Yeah, yes, yes, thank you. Yes, that is my biggest. It's the biggest detriment to us is the conservative. And who knows if that's a Mike Vrabel thing because we're playing in a defense defensive mindset. You know, we're don't let our offense let us lose. Don't let us our offense let us lose. And that's kind of how it seems like they're being coached at the moment. But um, I don't know if he's that bad or if it's just the offensive line is that bad. We got to really give him a. This year is kind of a buffer year for everybody because our offensive line is so bad. So let's see it what he does. It was bad last year, Tyler. It is. It it was bad last year, and they were terrible last year too. So 
Um, but we are being improved. You know, we've got a new GM, new administration. Let's just kind of see what they do. I don't want the guy fired yet. Um, I, I know you do. I know you do. We'll see what – we'll see. You know, Vrabel's – he fired Todd Dadden last year at the end of the year. You never know, you know. I think if we could have got our hands on Caleb Moore, we'd probably be in a better shape right now or Wes Welker or anybody. I would say that's probably an upgrade. But uh, we'll see at the end of the year. But um, moving on, we, we, we've got our spiel about Tim Kelly. Asher hates the guy. I'm I'm like here with him. You know, I'm not I'm not all the way down on him, but we'll see. The O line has been trash. We've already kind of touched on that. We've, we're running out of time here. We've only got about nine minutes left on our clock. Uh, Traylon Burks with the injuries. You know, we could talk about him all day too. With just being we traded him for AJ Brown. It's it's been tough. His career hasn't really. I kind of we drafted Traylon Burks. I was excited, but it had Corey Davis 2.0 written all over it. I mean, I, I imagine you agree with that at this point, Asher. I want to trail on Brooks to play alongside A.J. Brown. I didn't want him to be the guy. Right. And he just – he I don't know if he's capable of staying on the field and doing that right now. Um, he might be better in a different situation. But it just feels – it feels a lot like Corey Davis did. It does. Um, but I think – well, this is the thing we really want to touch on to get into it. I mean, we can talk about the O-line trailing Burks forever, but I really want to go into the defense and how much the run game – the run stopping has been abysmal this year. Like, the last four games have been just abysmal. Like, that's not Titan football. Like, we're not used to getting 100 yards a game ran on us, especially with the guys we have on the, on the front. So, we know our front four is really good at stopping the run, uh, but – Aziz Alshir is pretty good at stopping the run. He seems like he's out in every play. And I don't want to pick on guys, you know, because you never know who might listen to this. Um, but I just don't think Jack Gibbons is a quality starting linebacker in the NFL. There's like four or five different times I just watched him yesterday. He just don't look the same speed as these guys, taking bad angles, missing tackles. When an offensive line gets up to the second level on Jack Gibbons, He's not getting off these blocks, man. And that's that's where you see we're getting eight or nine yards carries against this instead of three to four yard carries. So I'm just I know I know the staff loves Dr. Gibby and all that, but I definitely think we need to go get another linebacker in the in the free agency or draft. Asher, what what are your thoughts? I agree. I mean the the Steelers have the worst offense in the NFL and they run a very generic high school Mickey Mouse offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't throw around that term Mickey Mouse or high school offense very, very often, but it, it is what it is. I mean, his average yards per attempt is like 4.6 yards. Um, the yards after the catch, the, how many times were we hit? How many times did he throw the ball in the flat and dump it off and nobody was in within five yards of the guy? I 15 mean, times at least. Deep, yeah, the run defense is bad. It's all it's on Jack Gibbons. And a lot of it is, you know, he's they he's been described as a very intellectual player, but he's not very athletic. He's not he's not good enough to be starting at the middle linebacker position for the team. And you know, that's just the way it is. He's not he's not physically gifted enough. I think he'd be a great middle linebacker or a linebacker's coach one day. Because he knows, you know, they say the coach sometimes the best coaches are the ones who yeah. can see the game but can't really play the game. So, you know, that that's where I would put Jack Gibbons. I I'm not as hateful on him as I am overall on the on the defense. 
Because the defense, for the most, I mean, you give up twenty points, you should win the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. For the most, yeah, I mean, so I agree. The run defense has been abysmal, and the Steelers' offense was is a Mickey Mouse high school offense. It is the four point six yards in attempt is mind blowing. How they won the game. They've but been outgained all eight games this year. The Steelers' offense have been gained, outgained all eight games this year in the five and three. So that yep. tells you how bad their offense is. Yep, and it should tell you how bad our offense is. Because right. We could we we got too conservative, and it put the defense in constant positions where yeah, Stonehouse was pinning them deep, but they've been on the field for too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't leave your defense on the field that long and expect good things to happen. The time of possession is important for a reason. Oh yeah, great points on that. Um, the defense is it played well. I mean, our defense is more of a bend but don't break defense, but it's just weird seeing the Titans carved up and gashed. And because our, our entire lifetime, me and you watching the Titans, we've always stopped the run. That's just what we do, you know. So, um, moving on just a little bit, we got about four minutes here. Um, we know we. I think we're both in agreement that the Titans should build around little Will Levis, right? I think we should give the guy the chance, and probably in the next year we should go ahead and give him a chance, especially on that rookie contract. I think he's earned that opportunity with the two games he's played so far. Um, but if you look at the upcoming schedule, the Titans are three and five right now. They play the Buccaneers in Tampa. They play the Jags in Jacksonville. Uh, they play the Panthers at home, and they play the Colts at home. Um. If we can go three and one in that stretch, we would be what uh, six and six in the home stretch of the year. I think that's very, very doable, and I think that we can still sneak into a wild card position. I, if we beat the Jags, the division's still technically there because the Jags were the same position we was last year, and they ended up winning the division over us. So. Um, I think if we go three and one there, I think we can backhand sneak into the playoffs because I think we can go three and one that stretch. Um, I agree. Bucks at Bucks at Tampa. I think we match up well with the Buccaneers. Um, the, they can't run the football. Uh, the Jags. Uh, we we always match the Jags. We always play Jags well. Um, the Panthers obviously got a rookie quarterback. I think we're going to play a good in that game. The Colts. Well, I know we can beat the Colts. So. Do you think do you think we're gonna go three and one? And if you do, um what what game you would see us dropping there? I think I think I could see us going four and oh. Um, I like that even better. <laughs> yeah, I think I think realistically three and one is, is way more realistic than four and oh with the ups and downs of the team. I think we dropped the game to the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, if, if we drop that game, the division's done. Uh if if you win that game, you still have a glimmer of hope, you know. Because uh, they're already like four games ahead of us at this moment, and if we lose to them, that's just too far out. Um, if we lose a game there, um, don't be surprised if we lose. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost to the Bucks and went three in a row, because the Bucks play really good defense too, and Baker Mayfield has been playing pretty well with them. But I think I do think we go at least three one this stretch, and we get to six and six, and we're talking about a completely different team at that moment. Um, I agree. It's got to it's got to be Levis though. It's got to be Levis, yeah. And I think I, I think Asher hit the nail on the head. I think we go four and zero. People think that Steelers loss is bad, and it is, but it is very hard to win a primetime game in Pittsburgh. It, it just is. You know, that's just it's the Steelers. I mean, we never ever 
win in Pittsburgh in our we, history of our franchise. We just don't win up there. So we could have been on a six game winning streak though if we won that game. Absolutely. I agree. Potentially potentially a six game winning streak, but they got too conservative and blew it. You know, and if just to touch another thing to get up on the positivity, we got about a minute here. I think the Titans, um, if if they lose and they they you know you know we finished you know around seven and ten or six and eleven this year. Hey man, the sky's to the limit next year. I mean, I know that's where we're at right now, but I trust in Rand Carthon to to draft well because he has he's already had a proven track record of drafting well. Um, this may be a buffer year to the next year to us to get to where we really want to be. But let's just keep rooting for our guys and hope they win these next four games. Ashley, anything to add? Let's do it. Tighten up. Tighten up.